Our, our, LSU, boom! All night long, yes! Let's freaking go. LSU fans, we're going to try something new today. Going live directly after the man himself speaks, Brian Kelly. We're going to go through pretty much everything that he had to say just then. A lot of you just watched the press conference, and now we are live giving you everything that you need to know from it. The most newsworthy thing is the Arkansas game will be at 6 p.m. So from this point forward at the Brian Kelly press conference, the most newsworthy thing is going to be, ironically, the start time for the game two weeks from now. So that's a big thing. LSU will get a night game versus KJ Jefferson and the Razorbacks. The other newsworthy thing are the injury reports. And as we shared in the uh in in PHL Nation, Omar Spates is banged up. So he could be missing uh, for the game versus Mississippi State. We did show on the film study. I actually didn't highlight it. I cut it out. I wanted to get an official report first. But uh, Omar Spates wasn't even in pads for the second half of the game. So it would have been something that happened in the first half versus grambling. Uh, and LSU obviously decided to be very cautious with it. So we saw Mason Taylor actually get hurt and we saw him limp off the field. But Omar Spates is something totally different. Also, is John Emery officially available for this next game? I don't know. There wasn't a direct question asked about that. So as far as individual players are concerned, I thought that was interesting. There was also no questions asked about Jaden Daniels or Garrett Nussmeyer in the press conference, um, which I thought was also very interesting. But I'll go through pretty much, uh, to me, what I find to be most Interesting. Now, obviously, Brian Kelly mentioned that the offense was absolutely phenomenal, and it was. When you score in the first 10 possessions, there really is no other way around it. Your, your, your offense is playing unbelievably well. And the defense, obviously, Brian Kelly said there was a lot to work on, in particular, missed tackles, missed assignments, and doing the mental things right I do think Matt Moscona's question about the 11 a.m. kick and the preparation was also interesting. LSU does do the things differently on game day with, I believe, a walkthrough, if you will. But, you know, part of the issue with playing an 11 a.m. game in Starkville is LSU has a one-hour bus ride to the stadium. You heard that right. A one-hour bus ride to the stadium. So you wonder why going on the road is difficult. You got to get in a plane, fly somewhere else, and then you still have to travel after getting on the plane. That's why playing, you know, in rural areas like Starkville and playing on the road is very difficult. So uh, those to me were obviously the biggest takeaways and the absolute biggest. The question that I have been asked the most this week is – well, LSU will not start Lance Hurd 
versus Mississippi State. It will be Miles Frazier getting the start over Lance Hurd. Now, they don't play the same position, but Miles Frazier played phenomenally versus Grambling. He was really freaking good in that game. The truth is, though, that was the best offensive line performance I have seen at LSU in a long time. Now, you do have to factor in level of competition. Gramlitz defensive line was absolutely mollywopped. But the LSU offensive line took everything personal with all the criticism that they had versus Florida State, and they did take it out on Grambling. They were really freaking good in the trenches, okay? Um, so there you go. We go to Roy. Don Juan, good to see you. Blanche, good to see you. I don't know how long we're going to go here, but – We'll take as many questions as you possibly can, uh, as we possibly can, from the Brian Kelly press conference. And don't forget, we will be live tonight on AYS, okay, 730 Central. Now, next thing, I want to get into a few of the other minor details. Brian Kelly did talk about Mason Smith, the Denver Harris, and the rust associated with those two former five stars. Um, Obviously, Brian Kelly felt... LSU's defensive backs did a decent job challenging for the football. It's just sticking with your technique, sticking with your leverage, and so on, and so on, and so on. All right? So, yeah, really excited about this. Really freaking excited about this game versus Mississippi State. But the thing that I am certainly most excited about is the kickoff time for Arkansas being at 6 p.m. That is the one thing we just did not know anything about, and we are at the mercy of the television networks on Monday mornings, okay? So there you go. And for those that don't know, the first three games of every college football season, the time is set in stone. Now, for the rest of the season – Normally, I would say probably 5% of games have like a set time for the rest of the year, right? Um, And more of that happens on rivalry week, if anything else. So for a majority of the season, you don't know what time your game is going to kick off. So the television networks get to decide the Monday before two weeks prior to the actual start game. I did not say that at all, but it's a Monday before the game, not the following Saturday, but the next, right? So in this case, they decided to put Arkansas and LSU at night. It'll be on ESPN at 6 p.m. Central, okay? Um, we want to avoid 11 a.m. kicks uh, at po- uh, at all possible um, in, in Death Valley. We just do. So there you go. 11 a.m. is going to be hot, not fair to the players. Yeah, it's true. But the television networks get to decide uh, who, who who does what. Let's go to RXA, uh, RXCJ, smiley face. Defense still looks questionable, especially in the first quarter. I do agree with that. Let's go to Jared A. listening on a lunch break. It's all going to come together for our Tiger blowout. 35 to 21. Let's take a look at the poll question here. Which player that Brian Kelly listed as probable is the bigger loss versus Mississippi State if they're not able to go. Right now, Mason Taylor is currently winning the poll at 58% to 42. All right? So there you have it. Now, obviously, we're not going to talk too, too, too much about the Grambling game because we did all of that yesterday in our film study. But 
what I would say is I was able to go through the Mississippi State and Arizona game, and Mississippi State is not that great of a team. If LSU were to do anything this year, I understand it's an 11 a.m. road game. I get it. It's difficult. We did not play well at 11 a.m. last year. We did not play well on the road last year outside of Florida. All our offensive games on the road were not good. Um, we, we, we just got to do better. We just do. Championship teams overcome going on the road and playing at 11 a.m. Championship teams don't care who they are playing. Championship teams don't care where they are playing. And obviously, I have been very um, – I've been giving a ton of praise to Jaden for how well you played versus Grambling. And I gave a lot of praise to the offensive line. The truth is none of that matters. It honestly does not matter because you've got to do it against a better competition. It matters a little bit for that game on that night and to get chemistry and, and some positive momentum going. But ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, from your vantage point, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. So for those that comment under the Grambling film study, well, this is against Grambling. We get it. We have said that a thousand times over. It is now time that we all agree to put it together versus a respectable SEC team. Also, uh, Brian Kelly brought this up. No SEC team looked good, all garbage. True. Honestly, true. No, I, I can't really say that any team in the West has had two really good performances. So we'll see. Let's go to Malachi here. What is the biggest strength of Mississippi State that you've noticed? Obviously, their defense is very opportunistic. They forced a lot of turnovers uh, versus Arizona. But if you do anything about Arizona's quarterback, Jaden Delora, he is the perfect, and I mean perfect, college football quarterback. Now, notice I didn't say he's a perfect quarterback. He is the perfect college football quarterback. If people want to tune into a random college football game at 11 p.m. at night when Arizona is normally playing, they want to see chaos. And Jaden Delora is pure chaos. He runs around like Johnny Manziel but doesn't give you Johnny Manziel results. And he forces and commits a lot of turnovers. Arizona's team had a lot of self-inflicted wounds in that game. A lot, all the way down to their best player, their receiver, T-Mac, a guy that we were recruiting, really good player, um, also a volleyball star in California. He, he's Arizona's best player. He broke some amazing tackles, but just stepped out of bounds running into the end zone for the go-ahead touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, this was an Arizona team I thought was the better team. And, uh, you know, I, I – did a little bit of a deeper statistical deep dive. When you look at plays by success rate. Now, once again, I am not the hugest success rate fan because I don't feel success rate does a good enough job of encapsulating how important explosive plays are, but it is something in terms of success rate. Arizona was the better team than Mississippi State. It is rare to not win the success rate battle and 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 win the game. And Mississippi State did that because there was a lot of turnovers. Um, the Mississippi State made the bigger plays. So we'll see. We'll see. 
let's go to Logan here. How do I believe the defensive line will fare versus Mississippi State's run-heavy offense? Obviously, um, a major juxtaposition from Mississippi State in years past. They never really ran, and they ran a lot of 10 personnel. Now, obviously, Mike Leach um, you know, transitioned uh, this offseason. Really sad story, and I really like Mike Leach. So um, he passed, and they decided to give the defensive coordinator, Will Arnett, the head coaching job, and he wants a more balanced attack, right? And they have run the football a lot. One thing I'll say, Logan, is it's actually a good thing that they are running the football more because our secondary is not ready to defend a, an air raid attack. And we get a little lucky there because I want the opposing teams to run the football instead of throw the football on us. And as bad as that sounds, um, yes, Grambling was able to run the football at us at will. And the yard per carry marks in that game was unacceptable. But in theory, we want our opponents running more than they're throwing, right? Because a run doesn't produce at the same level as a throw does on average. So I am looking forward to seeing what Mississippi State could do running the football. I also don't think Arizona's defense, they were way better than what they were last year. I still don't think the world of them. And ironically, obviously, Paris Shan played there last year, and he's with us this year. He's barely played for us up to this point. Um, you know, Arizona's defense isn't really that great, and Mississippi State honestly struggled. And I do think, Logan, I do feel this way, and I know a lot of you feel this way about our own quarterback, but – I do think Will Rogers is overrated. I do. I've always felt that way. I think he was a perfect dink and dunk quarterback to run the air raid. He is obviously a very, you know, static pocket quarterback. He can run some. A few years ago in this game when we played them, it was uh, he had a few runs in that game. So, yeah, you know, I think our defensive line obviously needs to play better. But I am happy Mason Smith gets this rusty game out of his system and he comes in ready to go on Saturday. Let's go to Mason Dixon. Hey, Carter. According to BK, we were just in the wrong package when Grambling was running on us. I think our run defense will fare fine. Okay, so let's talk about this. Um. Maybe, you know, on a few of the runs, like you should say the, the third and long runs. We were in the right package. They just made a good play call on the first one. And then on the second one, we. Uh, they, they got us again, and that should not have happened on the third and long draws. Now. We can get into package philosophy about what kind of defense you need to be in. But because they were throwing on us early, we decided to run two high shells, which gives us one less player in the box to defend the run. Now, in theory, it is tough to stop the run with only six guys in the box. It is a hard thing to do. But you still need to be able to do it, especially if we're going up against scrambling. Okay? Um, and we were not able to do it. 
And it is amazing how much better your secondary can look when you have good run defenders. Honestly, it is the basis of what Florida State does defensively. They give you light boxes and they force you to run on it. And you're not able to run on it because they have really good uh, front seven players. We have the talent in our front seven to defend the run. We just got to do a better job of it. Let's go to Jacob and go here. How fixable are the defensive issues for LSU? So, one thing I failed to mention from Brian Kelly in his recent press conference, which just happened, he did mention something I found to be interesting, and it kind of changed my perspective on the LSU team uh, when he was asked about uh, does LSU have a championship level roster and he said we he felt this roster was two years away and i pieced together a few things that he said from sec media days and he did mention in an interview that the lsu secondary is something that concerns him and guess what has been our biggest issue the secondary this was something that was brought up in the uh the, the spring it was something that just happened repeatedly um, the secondary was getting getting torched in practices. It's just what was happening. And we were asking, is it more Jaden and Nuss and our receivers being good? And, you know, it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of a, a, a mixture of both, if you ask me. But, yeah, I think LSU's secondary needs to play better. I know that this was a question mark going into the season, but we have got to be better in the back end. We just do. Let's get to Jared. Thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. So there you go. I also thought it was Clancy Brian Kelly starting the press conference, checking in on the Grambling player, and of course mentioning a really sad day in American history. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Is there anything else from the presser? Just a dude? How did Perch play lineup differ from FSU to Grambling? I mean, they put him on the edge a little bit more on early downs, if you ask me. So, down, like, first and ten situations. Uh, but we still have yet to see a patented Harold Perkins play. Uh, we just haven't. So, we're waiting for that. And that might be a good thing, right? We know what he can do, and we know it's in the realm of possibility that his breakout game this year will be Mississippi State a lot like it was last year. So, yeah, something else to mention as far as Mississippi State game is concerned. I think this is actually LSU's longest tenured opponent. So there you go. Yes, please hit the like button. Goes a long way. Now, let's get to here. I'll play a little bit of audio here. Uh, I just want to get some of this audio played. Oh, well. Don't want to cooperate. That's okay. There we go. Now we're cooking. We'll play some of the audio here in a second. 
LSU struggles in noon games, but I like them in the spot. Avoid those late night cowbells. Get in and get out and rested for week four. True. I think the kickoff game, kickoff time for Missouri is going to be very interesting. I could see that being an 11 a.m. game as well. And I actually would love that because we got to go on the road again to Ole Miss the next week. And the good thing about playing an early road game is you're able to get in early. All right. Now, LSU versus Mississippi State. It is hard to see that game be a CBS 230. Now, it was in 2019. Um, but normally, that always just kind of feels like a non-primetime game, a non-big marquee game. And as much as I like Jay Madison, the uh, playing at night, because our guys, you know, play at night. Even though it is an early kick, now that you know, I think this was interesting. I've always kind of known that it's not the easiest to get into Starkville. Now that you know that they have to drive an hour to play the game, a benefit of that is you, after the game, have to drive back an hour to get back on the plane and fly out. And... That is obviously really freaking good. Obviously, really, really, really freaking good. You're all right, Brainbow. I did get him confused. Ole Miss is before Missouri. So there you have it. Now, was there anything else that I missed? Uh, but I think obviously the big thing is the injury report. We still have yet to see Armani Goodwin. Um, then again, you know, does Armani Goodwin add something to this LSU offense that they don't already have? I don't know. He did have a huge run at the end of the game versus Mississippi State. Now, they were very tired. Um, but still. That is what it is. He did have a big run. It still wasn't a thousand percent confirmed, at least to me it wasn't, that John Emery will be available for this game. I would like to think that he will be, right? But I still think it's going to be the Logan Diggs show. Brian Kelly also talked about Caleb Jackson and mentioned to hold off just a second because – Caleb Jackson, of course, is what was going up against a tired Grandling defense. Okay. So, once again, a lot of the stuff we've already touched on. Brian Kelly putting Harold Perkins inside probably showed him down a bit. Moved outside versus Grambling, which LSU thought helped him play faster. Now we'll refine what we'll do with him. But yeah, they did play him as a nickel in this game, some. And it's not technically a nickel. He's the outside linebacker in a base 4-3 or 3-4. It's where it gets kind of minutia. But in the modern game, you would consider that to be a nickel, even though he's a linebacker. So he's playing the third linebacker off-ball role. Um, and he, he he did look a little better, but still 
nothing unbelievable other than a really nice chase down tackle versus Florida State and a chase down tackle versus um, Grambling and a few good run stops mixed in there as well. Obviously, I know a lot of you disagree with this. Miles Frazier starting at right guard. And Emory Jones, of course, will remain at right tackle. Smith, Omar Spates, probable. So, there you go. Brian Kelly also mentioned Denver Harris keeping his head cool. He had his helmet ripped off early in the game. Maybe Denver Harris improves. So it is a thousand percent confirmed that John will be playing. I hope you're right. I here's my thing with John Henry at this point. Unless I see him dressed out, I'm not gonna say he's available or unavailable. I, I've seen I've seen it, I've seen this so many times. But I, I would tend to believe a lot like last year. I don't know why it's exactly two games. But it's two games. No one's been able to really clarify exactly why. Uh, I was also interested to see that nobody asked about Trey Bradford. You know, Trey Bradford uh, started the game versus Florida State and didn't play at all against Grambling. It's interesting. The running back rotation has been very, very, very fascinating, right? And one question I've received a lot is why wasn't Logan Diggs available versus Florida State? It is health-related, and it was that Frank Wilson thought he wasn't at 100% versus Florida State. I will say this, though. Uh, Brian Kelly was asked about Logan Diggs and recruiting him and all that stuff. I do want to include that the LSU offensive line played a near flawless game versus Grambling. Yes, level of competition matters. It really does. Going from Florida State to Grambling might have been the biggest shift in defensive line talent from one week to the next. Okay. But they really played well. And I'm not just going to mention this physically, but mentally they played really well. And one thing we can always say about Mississippi State, they have a reputation on the defensive line. They just produce really good defensive linemen. Uh, Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox, both those guys have really good Hall of Fame cases up to this point. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons is one of the highest paid defensive players in the world. And, you know, Fabian Lovett started his career, I believe, at Mississippi State, the guy that we did a whole film study on for Florida State. Um, They're always going to have good front seven players. Now, they don't have Tyrus Wheat uh, anymore, but they're they're always good there. So, you know, you're going to be on the road, the clanga, clanga, clanga. The communication is going to be a lot more difficult. And one thing we really struggled with versus Mississippi State uh, a few years ago were the stunts. 
with their defensive linemen. Now, you know, that's obviously in, 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 in the past, but I'll also include 2019 LSU. There was a few huge shots on Burrow in that game outside of him, of course, showing his peach emoji. Um, it, it's hard to communicate your offensive line calls and protection calls. So I could see LSU switching some things up. Maybe uh, Jaden helps a little bit more out with uh, protection assignments. And one thing I think LSU did a really good job of versus Grambling was they did run a lot of empty. Okay, and empty, of course, means only five offensive linemen are blocking for you. And it's uh, it, it's just those guys against their guys. Diggs, Williams, Jackson, Emery. Yeah, I, I just doubt Noah Kane is, is totally out of the rotation at this point. I just doubt it. Here's a question from Jared. Why start Frazier just to sit him? Why not just start Hurd and not mess with the continuity? It's a good question. I think when LSU put on the film, this would this would be my thing. I would prefer to start Lance as well. I would. I could understand waiting until Arkansas to do it, which will be you know a home game at night, Death Valley. It's a lot more friendly than obviously Mississippi State on the road. Um. Two things, uh, Jared, that I would bring up about this. The first is, yes, Lance was really good. Really good versus scrambling. I would also say that every single offensive lineman was amazing versus scrambling. Okay? Now, if I was a coach and I saw that every single offensive lineman was amazing versus scrambling... I would then say, well, maybe our competition was worse than we initially thought. And maybe we should just roll with what we have. The second thing I would say is Miles Frazier played well. He played really freaking well. All right. God, he played well. And I like that. I like seeing players who struggle mightily bounce back and get back on their feet. I do. So I think LSU is just going to roll with Frazier again. Now, Jared also has a point here. Hey, we won the SEC West last year. And what started everything when it comes to winning the SEC West? Well, it was our offensive line. And the Mississippi State game was the beginning of that when Cam Wire was unavailable. I think Anthony Bradford was unavailable. Marcus Doomerville was under, uh, unavailable, and he never really you know, turned out. I, I don't know if he's playing at Maryland or not, but he never really turned out to do anything. And Emory Jones 
was our last option, and he killed it. Absolutely killed it. So, so yeah, I'm 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 super pumped up, super freaking pumped up to see what our offensive line could do now. But Jared could also say, hey, last year we decided to be bold and just played our most talented players, and it worked out. Let's go to Brian's Super Chat. 199 Super Chat. Thank you so much, BT. He says, I hope I'm wrong, but he really feels like Mississippi State is going to kick our axe, man. Okay. This is why I would disagree with that. I think people underestimate how hard it is to kick somebody's ass. I I think people underestimate how hard that is in college football to do. You have got in order to beat somebody down. You've got to have help from the other team not playing well. Okay? Rarely is a team so unbelievably good that they are going to wax someone who is also good. All right. Good example of this. I don't feel in the LSU Oklahoma game that Oklahoma just played the absolute worst game. It's just we played at our absolute peak, right? There's very few teams that have that peak that they can just blow everybody out. All right. So for Mississippi State to kill us, we have got to come out and just play awful. And they also have to be better than what they have shown. And up to this point, after watching a few Mississippi State clips, okay, and Mississippi State fans, if you happen to be watching this, feel free to correct me. Up to this point, Mississippi State has not shown me anything. They, they have not shown me anything to think that they have the capacity to blow us out unless we just play awful. So, Brian, to your point is – do you believe LSU is just not a good football team? Okay. Now, we did play some bad games on the road last year. You look at the numbers. Auburn should have killed us last year. If they averaged 6.3 yards per play and we only averaged 3.6, that game should not be close. That's normally in line with the blowout. But B. Joe Jalari made a superhuman play. Greg Brooks made a few plays. Harold Perkins made a few plays, and Coy Moore decided to lose the game for Auburn. So take that for what it's worth. We had a lot of lucky things go our way for us to win that game. We also didn't play well against Arkansas on the road. So, Brian, you do have a point there. Maybe LSU plays so badly that Mississippi State kills us. Okay? But at this point, Let's take a look at LSU. They have played one bad half of football in four potential halves. Okay? Now, if we want to call it like one and a half bad halves of football because our defense was putrid versus Grambling to start the game, sure, I give you that. But for LSU to get blown out, it's going to take a lot. It's going to take a lot. Now, 
Brian clarifies. He says, I was being a little dramatic. You're saying you don't think we will win. Okay. Let's keep it going. Let's take a look. Funny thing is, I have not actually even looked at the point spread. Okay, let's see. It's not been listed yet. LSU and Mississippi State. It has not been listed yet. Let me take a look at Share this. Just trying to boost the Facebook numbers up. Is it LSU nine and a half? Ooh. Ooh. Per FanDuel. I go by the score app. That is interesting. If it really is LSU nine and a half. I will say Mississippi State in their one power five game had the addition of four turnovers in the first half to win that game. That does not bode well for predictive like analysis. If you're given four turnovers in the first half of a game and you you have to win the game at home in overtime and the dude stepped out of bounds. One thing I, I will say about the uh, the SEC this year, and I know this is going to sound wild considering you know in years past that this isn't even um that the SEC is is the SEC uh so so it is nine and a half it is nine and a half that's crazy I don't have FanDuel or, or DraftKings I just go by uh, the, the the score app. But if FanDuel or DraftKings wants to support PHL, I'm all ears. I, I love sports betting. Okay. I'm about to say something that's going to sound crazy when it comes to the SEC. But the skill position players are lacking in the SEC this year. Now, there are some, Malik Neighbors, Brock Bowers, and so on. We know those guys are good, though. It's not really, you know, rocket science. I'm telling you, the wide receiver talent is is not the same. It is just not the same. Bama struggled to get guys open. The same Bama that had freaking Julio Jones, Devonta Smith. 
they, they're struggling to get open. It's it's wild. It's wild to me. Jared, thank you for the message here. Let's see it. LSU, 10-point favorites. I don't like it. (laughs) Uh, It's not that I don't believe they'll cover. It's just, man, I saw this team sputter so much on the road and just have absolutely abysmal halves of offense away from Tiger Stadium. Okay. Take out the Purdue game. Really only the Florida game last year was a game away from Tiger Stadium where LSU did not have at least one bad half of offense. Sometimes two. Okay. So, yeah, I am. Mm. I I just. 10 is, 10 is a lot. That is a lot. And I, it makes it makes me wonder because look, I'll be honest. I, I after looking at two games of Mississippi State football, I, I don't really think they're that good. I really don't. Um, I I liked their under win total. That was one of my plays, and if I actually did play the under Mississippi State win total, and I was watching that Arizona game, I would have been. Furious at Arizona. They gave the game away. They gave it away. Uh, but, but yeah. Uh, it, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, here's what you're going to do. In the next five to ten minutes, I'm going to answer as many questions as we possibly can. But if you super chat, we'll keep it going. All right? Don't forget, I'll be on AYS. Monday night, I say Monday night, today's Monday, 7.30, uh, my favorite show. And I will also share with you all the big things you need to take away from the Brian Kelly press conference if you're just joining us. Arkansas game, night game, huge. Omar Spates, Mason Taylor, probable. Okay, we're not that deep at either position, but I do feel we are deeper at linebacker than we are with Mason Taylor, and I think Greg Penn could step in nicely. We continue here, all right? Miles Frazier will start at right guard. Lance Hurd will remain a rotational piece. Also, Denver Harris and Mason Smith, two five-stars that made their debut. Brian Kelly, even though it was kind of rough for both of them, felt overall Confident that it was mostly rust and they're going to get better. He also brought up that he knew that the secondary was going to struggle to start the season. This actually checks out. All right. It just does. Jordan and Jared are both going. Jordan, you got to rock PHL gear at the game. Got to rock it. Got a rocket, baby. 
see, I kind of want to give out a prize for people that wear PHL gear to the game. If you wear a shirt or a hat to the game, kind of want to do like a raffle. You just got to take a photo, tag us, and you get a chance. Paris, what's good, buddy? Rugger just kind of broke broke the news that LSU's nine and a half point favorite. That is a lot. That is a lot. But you also got to remember. The Vegas lines are projections. They are projections. Um, I got to be real. So yesterday was a busy day, obviously putting out the film study. And it was also the first NFL Sunday. I love the NFL. I was going through all the highlights. I could not watch Miles Garrett against Joe Burrow again. I, I can't. Can I know the Browns have like a gazillion LSU players. I wasn't going to let that happen. Joe, we need a bounce back, baby. And I think he will bounce back. But the AFC North, ugh. Yeah, Billy, your card is in the mail. Congrats, man, on the dub. Hope you join the Patreon soon, man. Let's go to Hazard. If we rush for 150-plus, we will win every game. That is true. The holes that we opened up in the run game were spectacular. Absolutely spectacular. Paris doesn't come by here anymore. She, she's like, nah. I don't care about Carter. And I, I was in your city, SEC championship game. She's like, no, not a fan. Not a fan of PHL anymore. She just cares about Duke basketball and whatever else. Good to see Paris, though. Do I think the level of play goes up from here? Seems like. Uh, seems a lot like last year in the fact that there's still things to figure out in how they're going to react to the rest of the season. Um, yeah, that's it's it's a it's a good question. You know, the one thing I one thing I'll say is there is um, there's all the information right there. Uh, Billy, if you want to join the uh, Patreon, there you go. Uh, join the Joey 999 tier that gets you Discord access and then also get you a Burrow card. Um, 
normally, Logan, the sign of a well-coached team is you play better as the season moves on. All right. LSU's play was more of a bell curve, if that makes sense. And I'm not the best calculus guy when it comes to bell curves. It was not great to begin the season. Then it went up, and then we hit a peak. Ole Miss, Alabama, Florida, where we played very well. Okay. And then the Arkansas game was a slow bell curve of regression where it was Arkansas, Texas A&M, and Georgia, where we, we were not good, okay? And then the Purdue game happened, and I was against a JV team. So, yeah, I mean, it's um, it's one of those things. If I were to give Ed Orgeron some credit, is the teams that he coached tended to get better as the season moved on. Brian Kelly's teams – normally have done the same. They have gotten better as the season moves along. So that'll be a sign, Logan, of coaching, right? Because there is enough raw talent there. I will say, Logan, also, the um, – and, and I think I think this is very important, all right? I will give LSU one big question mark. They should get better. There is enough talent on this roster for them to get better. I feel there are enough guys that we have seen play that have proven to play well in the past that aren't playing at the level that they need to at this point. We have got to see them play better. Everybody. We've got to see everyone play better. That is on the coaches as well. Can you get something more out of what we are getting now? Now, to defend Brian Kelly, there still are a lot of guys on this team, an alarmingly high number of guys on this team, that were really, really highly rated recruits. I mean, I'm not just talking you know, five stars here. I'm talking top 150 guys, guys that are legit clear-cut blue chippers, and they give you nothing. They they give you nothing, and that sucks. One here and there, no big deal. College football's hard. Some guys just aren't it, whether it's an injury that makes them not the same player, whether it's um, they don't have that dog in them. Or it, it's there's so many different things, but and and because if you have eighty, if you have an eighty-five person roster, it's not really that big of a deal. But when you have a thirty-nine person roster when you started this thing, and now you're not even quite to that eighty-five number, those numbers of players that you that that don't turn out to be the dudes. hurt that much more. Bro, go eat some horseradish with goat cheese. I actually like both of those things. 
Perry says the stream is too late for her, which is why. Good enough for Paris here. We have a live stream schedule right there for you. Tuesdays, Thursdays, Sundays, 8.15 Central. Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Central. There you go. Yeah. They're good coaches. They're really, really good coaches. Smack somebody with a cowbell. All right, y'all. Glad you guys enjoyed this stream. Uh, let me know if you guys want to continue doing the Monday live streams. I want to once again shout out our friends at Louisiana Controls. And, uh, yeah, um, I'm feeling very positive going in to next week. We'll see you Monday night, AYS, and we will be live. Um. Tuesdays, Thursdays, 8.15 p.m. Central. And for Paris, who lives on the East Coast and it's too late at night, we do go live Wednesdays at 6 Central, 6 p.m. Central. And we are always out by 7, so it's a quicker one, kind of like this one. I'll be chatting in the Discord. And shout-out to our Super Chatters, Jared and BT. Thank you guys so much. It is power out LSU. And tonight we are doing (sighs) What are we doing? We're doing grilled chicken Lemon pepper style Let's go Let's freaking